Hello and welcome to Photographers Talking. Today's podcast is a celebration of women in photography for International Women's Day. I'm Lynn McEwen. I was a newspaper photographer for 25 years and I now write crime novels. International Women's Day is a global day of celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. With me today, I have three women currently working in photography. So without further ado, let's meet them. Hello, I'm Tabitha Fireman. I've worked as a freelance photographer in the entertainment news sector for 25 years, and I'm the founder of Female Perspective and Shot by Women. Hi, I'm Julie Edwards. I'm an entertainment press and PR photographer working mostly in film and cinema, and I've been doing that for about 14 years. Hi, I'm Olivia Harris, and I've been working in photography for about five years. Spent that most most of that at the Times as a picture editor, and I was delighted to be a BBPA curator for assignments last year. That's great, thank you. Before we go on to talk about your work, I'd like to ask you about the theme of this year's International Women's Day, which is break the bias. I'd like to know if you think there is a bias, either conscious or unconscious, and how that manifests itself in different aspects of the photographic industry today. So, Tabitha, if I come to you first, what do you think? Yes, there is, there is absolutely definitely a bias with, within our industry. Um, you just need to look at the statistics, really, to, to see that. Um, I mean, if you start from the very beginning, you've got the, uh, the photographers who, who study photography in the first place before becoming professional photographers. There's over 80% of those students are, in fact, female and only 15% of them go on to um, have professional careers as freelance photographers. Um, many of them, funnily enough, uh, do go into the photography industry, but not as photographers. They tend to work in, uh, in the offices of photography agencies or photography areas in, in general. But yes, um, that's, quite, that's quite incredible just from the very, very start. Then you go on a bit further um, when we get out as photographers. Uh, less than 25% of represented photographers across agencies, as in agent representation of photographers, less than 25% of those are female. And then even with published books, another statistic, 10% of published books are by women authors. And that's, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it's quite fascinating, really. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like it hasn't really changed much since um, I began working in industry, which was in the 80s, um, when maybe about 25% uh, of the intake for students were, were female. But even that didn't uh, translate through in, into the industry. Um, I'd like to come to Olivia now, um, because you're involved in the hiring and, and commissioning of photographers as well as uh, producing your own work. Um, do you think that this is a, is this something you're seeing in, in the people who are actually coming to you, that are pitching to you? I'd say that uh, the commissioning uh, is kind of where uh, it all really starts because um, the majority of freelance photographers, uh, and obviously I'm speaking just from my experience at the Times, the majority of them are men. Um, and it was only recently when I kind of looked at that and addressed it, I realized that say 90% of the freelancers that we use in, in the news section and business sections um, are men. 
Um, and uh, I put out a call out on my Instagram to kind of appeal to, to female uh, news photographers to, to kind of come forward. And I was inundated with thousands of messages. Um, so, you know, they're, they're there. They're, everyone's there. Um, but it's just the bias in the newsroom to stick with what you know. Um, and it takes, you know, the kind of um, a conscious effort to try and reverse that um, to, I think, really see some changes. Okay. Julie, has that been your experience too? Yeah, I think so. But I, I think it has changed over those 25 years. I think, I mean, this is a gut feeling from sort of, I think, general life from 25 years ago mm. compared to now. As I think back then, there, there was definitely a conscious bias. Um, whereas I think now the, the bias still exists, but it, it's more of a subconscious thing. The, the, the language that was built up over all that history and over all that time um still pervades the, the way we live so so and it's not just gender bias there's all sorts of biases in our society um that are built into language and the way we way things are done that that just pervades and just you know and what's happening in the photography industry is just just mirroring it, it, it it's just a whole societal wide problem yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a really good point because um, certainly when I was working in the eighties and nineties um, in Fleet Street, um, there weren't very many other uh, female photographers around. I think I was I was exclusively the only woman in most departments when I was working there. Um, but that was partly because um, there weren't people coming through from the uh, from the provinces or, or you know coming up through training schemes as well but there was also also as you say a real bias within the kind of management and editorial operation in that um, it was it was quite useful to have a woman photographer but um, basically one was all you needed really <laughs> you know you, it was it was useful when, when i when i first started working on tabloid newspaper i was the only woman on there and um i made it quite clear that i wasn't coming there just to shoot um fashion and and babies that i was going to be doing all the other work that i've been doing uh with uh, a regional daily and um the person who was interviewing me said um it, it's not that i want you to do that it's just really useful for me to have um a woman photographer in the department so that I can send you out as a couple uh, with a male reporter, for example, you can pose as a couple. Um, but also, and I think this was a really interesting point that he made, he meant that people will react differently to you in different situations. And I may not want to send one of my big, hairy, dirty <laughs> um, <laughs> lads out there. And it will be, you know, it, there was a, so there was a certain element of compassion for for some of the stories that involved you know possibly the sort of things that um female police officers would have been dealing with in that area so it it's a very mixed picture i know it's a very complex situation to talk about so i think there's this um there's an external and obvious bias but i'm interested to know about the um uh, the kind of unconscious bias that definitely existed then in terms of what actually went in the newspapers, the representation of women in the newspapers. Because certainly in um, the 90s, it was kind of the era of kiss and tell, that women went in the newspapers because they were, um, uh, it depended entirely on their looks. And I wondered if that's changed. Do you see that? as, a, as, as Has that changed now? No. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I'm quite, this is, this is, oh, this is a really strong thing of mine. Uh, obviously, I, I do a lot of red carpet. Um, okay, not so much in the last two years, but a lot of red carpet. Now, obviously, a lot of our magazines on the shelves, you go into Smith's or you go into a news agency, and you can see an awful lot of fashion magazines, an awful lot of things. So it's fairly obvious that fashion sells a lot of papers or a lot of magazines, which means they need a lot of pretty pictures. Right? I get that 100%. And, and so there, there, there is definitely a financial thing there to drive the photographer to, to produce pictures of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a phrase, I hate using this phrase, but, you know, a pretty young thing. Do you know what I mean? Okay, let, let's, let's use that for a moment. Um, but having been in the pen or been in a photographer with a group of photographers and you get a man come across, yeah, nice headshot, blah, 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 thank you, sir, move on man thank you sir you know older woman yeah all done nice and you get sometimes sometimes no always you get a, then you get an attractive young woman come down wearing nice frock whatever and it's it, it, there are times when it almost feels like a feeding frenzy um you know that i have been in pens where i've been disgusted and i've picked guys up on it um you know and, and i have to say it has got better over the last five years maybe seven years and also the continentals are way, way worse than us. I mean, massively worse than us with this. But there is definitely a, a, a bias uh, or, or a difference when the guys or all of us are photographing a young woman in a nice frock. It's, uh, uh, even, and especially the way people are spoken to and things. You know, I saw as at Venice recently, um, last night in Soho. So it was um, the star of that. And she walked away because of the way a couple of photographers went absolutely berserk at her because she hadn't given them eyeline, because she hadn't looked straight at them. And, and, and it took 10 minutes for it all to calm down. And then she came back and did the last couple of shots. And, and yeah, but that doesn't happen with men. No, I, I, th I think I saw something recently about um, the kind of cover shots as well, the comparison between um, how... Um, men are put on the covers of magazines you know i'm i'm, t I'm talking about kind of big selling american based magazines entertainment magazines and the way that um, women are represented on there and there's this uh this drive to infanticize women and um it's all even women who are even actors female actors who are you know very accomplished and uh, very famous and have lots of power there's still this drive for them to look a certain way so that that is that is a kind of where do you think that bias comes from and that's probably quite a tricky question is, is it historical is it because there is um a kind of power base that's that's still uh white male heterosexual even though we're not seeing it on necessarily in the surface all the time is that where that bias comes from do you think i think from from an editorial perspective um it comes from the editors um because ultimately that's the viewpoint that you're you're seeing in the product. Um, so until we get to the point where that changes, um, I'm not sure if we're really going to see that much of a dramatic change in the products. Um, I think um, the, I mean, as as Julie was saying, you know, the the kind of obsession to have a, a picture of a, a young pretty thing, um, as you put it. Um, is is still there? I mean, the the example that comes to mind is um, 
school uh, results day. Um, and that's a kind of a classic example of seeing, you know, um, you've got to get those uh, pretty girl shots um, of, of them jumping in the air and all that stuff. And they, they still come through and they still get used. Um, and that, unfortunately, um, I don't see changing very soon. Okay, well, that, that, that's a little depressing that in 40 years I'm hearing yeah. <laughs> very, very similar feedback to, um, you know, what it was like when I was working. So th this begs the question, how do we change things? Um, are women underrepresented in, in key influential positions in photography, do you think? And, and how can that change? And as an example, I'm, I'm going to talk about Eve Arnold, the Magnum photographer. Now, she had a, a, a one-woman exhibition back in 1987 at the Scottish National Portrait Gallery. And, and when she was asked by the gallery after this very, very successful exhibition what they should do next, she suggested that they had a, a, a woman-only exhibition of, of the Magnum photographers. So that became the Magna Brava exhibition. And... But coming forward, uh, you know, 20 years, one of the photographers, one of the few photographers, one of the only photographers that, that was in that original exhibition, Susie Micellis, uh, repeated that experiment. Um, and in 2018, they had the Mag Magna Brava ongoing exhibition in Paris, which was exclusively uh, the women photographers who were part of Magnum. Do you think that that's a way forward? Do you think that's a way forward in terms of raising the profile of those women who are working in photography at the minute? I'll, I'll step in to answer this one. Um, I absolutely think that that is the way forward at the moment. Um, I'm not saying that that's something that um, always needs to be the way, but like you said, to actually raise awareness of it and influence the, the start of it actually happening um, so I, I totally believe that. And, you know, there are some amazing um, women photographer groups, um, a few of which I'm I'm part of, uh, but all over the world, popping up all over the world. And I think that's what's needed for us. To, we, we need to bring all those women photographers groups together um, and unite us and, and make it bigger. I mean, that's the whole idea of International Women's Day, isn't it? Um, it, it's to raise awareness and to get women to come together and act on on the the things that that are stopping us from reaching an equal pl playing field, you know. And that's obviously not just in photography; that's everything across the board. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right because our, you know I can I can remember in the eighties and nineties one of the um, types of photographs and and stories that was acceptable in terms of women that were not necessarily there for their appearance was this idea of um, a woman in a man's world story, and I think even as if I as I was shooting those sort of stories, I was mentally rolling my eyes and thinking, why are we even having to do this? But at the same time, what it did was raise that awareness. So back in the eighties, nineties, um, a, a a feature story might be if you had, um, you know, a female paramedic, um, a female, just literally a woman doing anything that they was thought unconventional was enough to give you a feature. And I, I do sometimes think about this now when I when I meet women doing jobs that are traditionally non-female roles, like paramedics, um, like soldiers, 
that 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 argument has gone. That that is, and perhaps that the reason that we don't think about it anymore is because society's been told, you know, that this is normal. This is what happens. You just weren't seeing it before. But I, I wanted to bring Julie in here because Julie, you've had some experience of working with organisations um, that are putting on exhibitions or representing uh, photographers. What? Do you, what do you think this is the way forward and, and how, how would you go about it? To talk about exhibitions then, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, a fairly good example. Last, last year, International Women's Day 2001, and I was on the board of the British Press Photographers Association and we set up a bit of an all-women team to do a showcase on women for International Women's Day. And but it was decided because the, the, now the, the membership of the BPA really strongly reflects those statistics that Tabitha gave earlier about how many women are in photography or particularly press photography when you do the statistics. It mimics it. And because the BPA is not a massively huge organization anyway, because it's sort of, sort of very strict membership rules, it means there were very few, you know, there are very few women in it. And so it was decided that the exhibition wouldn't be just about those women. It would be about women's stories. So it was open to everybody. Now, at the time, I was, you know, okay, I sort of, on the board meeting, and I sort of, you know, I agreed with it, and I, I, I could sort of understand what they said, um, that this was the way forward. And it had women curators, and, you know, and it was, I have to say, some of the images were really strong. Of course, what it ended up being, although there were some really good female photographers and some female images in there, it was basically the male story of female of, of how they saw because there was a lot of male photographers' images, and I think in hindsight it was you know it was a you know in hindsight I should have said no and we should have stood up and made it and said let's showcase okay if it's only twenty photographers it's only twenty photographers it highlights a problem and we should be pushing that forward as opposed to just saying well let's just let everybody see how they see women which you know i think in the end is is, is quite damaging yeah that's that's a really good example actually um does anybody else want to come in and, and comment on that i think um i mean that i i mean i was involved with um assignments last year um it's a very similar um uh field in that uh, there are very few uh, women but that kind of are in the final exhibition and it's sad um, I think the what well, the point you just made Julia of um, kind of if it's only 20 photographers that highlights the issue um, that is is really important um, and I think there, there needs to be you know, more of these exhibitions, as we were saying earlier, um, where you celebrate women in photography and you inspire people to get involved or inspiring generations to, to kind of join in and think, no, there is a, there is a place for me, there, there is a path. Um, and then hopefully that will also translate into newsrooms and you know, into the commissioning slots where, where you can kind of see yourself in these positions where maybe then things will start to change. Um, you know, news, newsrooms are a very male-dominated environment. I was quite often the only woman in conference. Um, and that is, isn't a kind of 
encouraging place um, for for a, a woman to be, um, nor to aspire to be. Um, so I think the solution definitely is is more of these kind of uh, celebration of uh, of women in photography as much as we can. Absolutely. I'll, I'll come in with something positive there as well from, from another one of the associations, and that's the AOP. Um, the, the Association of Photographers have, have got a, a, a women's members group called the F22, of which I'm actually on the working group. Um, and it is just watching what happens with that group every week. It's so proactive that all the female members of the AOP are on a forum together, jumping in and out with with ideas and with, uh, you know, supporting each other really on all their achievements. And, and, and I know the AOP are working very closely with them to, to have focused women focused exhibitions photographed by women, not content of women. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's something positive that is going on in our industry right now. The, the, the assignments you talk about, Olivia, I think, I can't remember if it's the one you were the curator on or the one before. I think it was the one before. Um, I did, again, I was doing, I was running all the social media and, and I, the web platform for that. And, you know, again, this is not to hammer the BPPA, in, and particularly this point, because this was interesting. I was hammering, doing the social media and I was actually taking four days out. We got it all running, open all up online and I then took four, I took four days away on off down Cornwall with my phone turned off relaxing and I think I think the third day I turned my phone on and it went berserk I mean I don't, we're talking about thousands of notifications because what had happened is assignments had come out people a lot, a lot of the women who looked at it looked at how many female photographers were represented and just kicked off basically you know you know kicked off you know led by a women photograph now i'm not saying they were wrong and i'm not saying the bpa were wrong because in again the the, the assignments exhibition as you know olivia is totally blind curated nobody knows who took that shot you know apart from if you're a picture editor like you are or if you're sort of like they, you know particular shots that you're instantly thinking okay that's by fred or that's by you know whoever you know that you know those styles um so you know i, I think unless you go totally outside the industry you can never have a blind curated shot and and the number of images and, and the number of female ref- photographers in that exhibition did again accurately reflect the statistics in the press industry but of course the way that the ends of social media had gone berserk about how bad and how poor it is you know and obviously the bppa got lambasted for it or my phone got overhead from it and and and, and i i I've got to be honest. I I turned off my. I I literally deleted Twitter and Facebook for the rest of the week. I said I can't handle it, which I couldn't, um, because of the abuse, you know. And it it was it was abuse, but it it sort of highlights the problem in the industry and the and the lack of equality. But it wasn't the fault of the exhibition that there was a lack of equality in it. It's a fault of the the industry, and that's what it highlighted. Um, yeah, so it's it's very very difficult. You know, I'm I'm really really anti quotas. I always have been, and you know, I was with the assignments. But 
I, you know, going back on that International Women's Day thing, I, I, I think there is definitely a place to say, you know, this is what, you know, young women photographers, people going through, you know, there needs to be something to inspire this next generation into Ult- the industry. Ultimately, it's it's International Women's Day and it's meant to be about women. And, um, and, and therefore, to, to, it should be... Anything to do with any industry should be celebrating the women within their industry. That's definitely the way that it should should be across the board. I think that's a that's a great point, Tabitha. Can can you talk to us now a little bit about um, your own group, Female Perspective, and the founding of the agency, Shot by Women? Can you tell us a little bit about um, what inspired you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, but being a female photographer myself for over 20 years, um, I decided to set up Female Perspective, which is actually the company. Female Perspective is a photo agency. And I set it up originally um, representing a small team of all female photographers, of which one of them is Julie Edwards, who's with us today. <laughs> and uh, my um, my reason for that was because... I felt that it was really important that there was some, uh, again, because so many, there's so many agencies that don't represent women or represent one out of 25 women. <laughs> it was really important for me um, to, to provide somewhere where female photographers could be found for, for commissioning. Um, and also really important for me to get across uh, how there is a difference when it comes to the female gaze. Um, that was kind of one of one of my main reasons. And I mean, I can make reference again straight away to our Julie <laughs> because of what she's al- already mentioned. She photographs red carpets on a regular basis. And the, the images that she produces from those red carpets quite clearly um, are shot by a female, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, when you think, so for example, a definition of gaze, just to start with, to go right back back to the the very basics of it, um, I would say that gaze is a viewpoint that comes from the life experiences of a person. So those experiences um, that have been uh, shaped by how that person's been treated throughout their life at home and in society and um, you know, we know that that's very different when you're 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 female um, or, or whatever your gender identity is. It's different to the other gender identities that are out there. Um, so that, to me, is is why there it, there there is a difference. Um, you know, photographers are photographers, and they should be recognised as photographers, not as women photographers or as male photographers or. Or, you know, I, I don't think that that should be a really massively important point to be focusing on when you're looking for a photographer. However, if you're looking to commission a particular shoot and you want it in a particular style, then I do think it's important to consider what your photographer might be able to achieve. That's, that is a great point, because um, there, there's a lovely quote by um, Eve Arnold, which is, if a photographer cares about the people before the lens and is compassionate, much is given. It's the photographer, not the camera, that is the instrument. And I think that's a really key point. It, it actually goes beyond 
you're right, a kind of binary idea of a, of a gen, of gender. And it becomes much more about what that photographer is actually bringing in part of their life experience, uh, you know, to this, this particular job or this particular project that they're working on from, from themselves. So, it, you know, it, in, in setting up, you know, a women only agency, is, is, is that what you think that, that women will get? Um, women who are working for you will get, they'll have this uh, kind of support and the ability to explore their own talent and their own perspective. Is that a factor for you? Um, absolutely. That's what that's, you know, that's definitely where, where I'm aiming with it. Um, I mean, I, we, I launched Female Perspective in 2019. And of course, we started to pick up in the pandemic here. Uh, not long, not long after we started to pick up. So it w- went completely dead. Um, all of the assignments we had booked in got cancelled. And, and that's when I started focusing on Shot by Women, um, which is, is it's still part of Female Perspective, but it's a separate brand within the company. So, so we, we're now, what's going to happen when Shot by Women launches, which, which is actually today, when this podcast goes live, <laughs> what we're going to have at Female Perspective is... Um, an assignments brand, which is female perspective assignments, and uh, an image bank brand, which is shot by women. Um, I started thinking about shot by women and announced shot by women exactly two years ago on International Women's Day. Um, And so luckily, because uh, for me, luckily, because the pandemic hit and because everything got cancelled, I had a lot of time to focus on planning um, what I think is going to make a huge difference for women in photography. Um, so it, it's an image bank for the purpose of license and distribution of content. There's nothing out there at the moment um, that supports, uh, th- that provides the support that, that I'm starting to see is needed for women in photography. There's nothing out there trustworthy enough for women in, in photography to engage in as far as image libraries go. And that's why there's so little content represented in Mm. existing uh, image banks. Um, I'm sure Olivia will be able to elaborate on that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, when uh, using kind of the major agencies, it's, you're, you're never given the option to search by gender of photographer, you just search by the subject. And so therefore, instantly the pool in which you're searching is kind of it's defined for you um which can be very frustrating um and the you know no matter how conscious you want to be as an editor to kind of increase those female bylines um in the publication if agencies aren't making it possible for you to do that easily you know you're still working to deadlines and you know um briefs of editors you've still got to get the job done efficiently quickly there's only so much that you're able to do within those remits. Um, so to have, you know, a, an agency like Shot by Women and that image bank, it will just, it genuinely, I think, it will revolutionise, hopefully, um, how picture desks uh, will be able to work. Um, and hopefully, again, adjust the mindset um, of the editors uh, that are working on them. Uh, would, would anybody like to say a little bit about the women in photography Who've um, who've inspired you, Julie? Would you, should I come to you first? When people talk about who, the, 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 the photographers that inspire them, they they always go historical, you know. And for me, historically, it's probably Lee Miller. 
um if I think, but, but really I, I i like to look at current photographers you know because there are a couple of female photographers that i've ever met or one that i i i'd like happily call a colleague in in many ways and first is lindsay i'm always going to pronounce this wrong sorry lindsay lindsay adriano um, she's uh, works for National Geographic. She's a freelance, but she's done a lot of work in New York Times, National Geographic, that sort of thing, particularly out in the Middle East and Afghanistan. And as a youth, I, I grew up with my father in, in distribution, so seeing all these magazines. And Lindsay brings to me a, a different viewpoint on, on war imagery and, and conflict imagery that I was used to looking at as a child, as sort of the McCallans and those sorts of things. And she brought this, this, this real, I don't know, the, the, the imagery is, is, is I don't know, somehow more caring, but it's also, you know, it, the, the horrible battle scenes. It's, it's, it's quite stunning. And if you've sort of not seen her work, look it up, look it up. But the other person who inspires me day after day, after day, every, almost, you know, there's not a day that she's a picture of hers is not in the paper is Hannah McKay. Current photographer for Reuters, producing stunning work from all sorts of you know wherever she you know, she she you know one one week she's doing the Rohingyas where they she was part of the team that um got a oh god a gong for it <laughs> you know oh Pulitzer yeah where she got you know she was part of the team that got the Pulitzer for that you know at the moment she's at the Beijing at the Winter Olympics and just the work she does all the time for such an unassuming person and just gets on with it and produces great imagery from wherever she's thrown and yeah I think you know it's easy to look back and look in the past and say all oh, these people inspire us but you know there's a lot of people around us to, to be inspired by as well that's great, Julian. It sounds like you know that that, it, that that's an inspiration in itself. If there are people already uh, out there doing the work that you admire, rather than looking to the past, you made a good point about Lee Miller is a great example. I think of someone who was overlooked for a long time, and I'm I'm, I'm looking at uh, a book of hers on my shelf at the minute, and and see the publication date was 2004, and I, I to think it took 50 years for her work to be recognised as a photographer rather than as a model or as a muse for for you know for other for other people working you know i think i think that makes the point about you know that how, how um how far we've come in some ways unbelievable um, she broke every mold she did indeed yeah and some fabulous work as well really really you know excellent excellent work um, so Tabitha, can I come to you? Tabitha, can you tell us a bit about the uh, photographers that inspired you? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth before when you <laughs> mentioned Eve Arnold. Um, I first became aware of Eve Arnold's work when I was a student, actually. I, I was really lucky and had a placement at Magnum. Um, ah, for, right. uh, I think it was about four weeks. It was incredible. I was so lucky to be there. Um, but yes, I got quite obsessed with Eve Arnold and her work, um, very much so. And and that quote that you used earlier on is just to me spot on. That's that is exactly what it's all about, and and what the difference is between uh, not the differences between the different gazes, but what a gaze is and where it comes from, and how it's about being uh, understanding your subject and and really 
um, having a lot of respect for your subject. You know, so so yeah, I love the work of Eve Arnold, and um, and as far as um, what Julie was saying about current photographers, then it's quite clear, really, <laughs> who my favourite photographers are. I mean, most of the <laughs> photographers I represent through female perspective are, are women photographers that I've looked up to and loved throughout my career. So um, so you know, you've got you've got nine of them there on my on the website, female perspective website. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, Tabitha. I'm yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge admirer of Eve Arnold as well. Um, I was looking earlier at uh, some of her work, and what particularly jumped out in the context of our discussion today was um, the work she did um, on movies like The Misfits and a lot of the imagery we have of Mar- Marilyn Monroe. That's different from the standard male gaze. Came about from the work that she did, and it was just Absolutely. revelatory. You know, in the in the in what she was showing, yeah. Olivia, do you want to jump in here? Just can, can you tell us a bit about photographers who inspire you? Yeah, I, I can. I can. Um, I, I mean, Julie um, mentioned Hannah um, as I, obviously I work with um, photographers um, constantly, um, and Hannah is just one of those people. She's phenomenal. Her work is incredible. Um, I mean, the one of my favourite shots um, from last year's was hers um, from the Sarah Everard vigil, um, and you could tell that that had been shot by a woman, like straight down the lens, um, and just the expression on her face was um, incredible. And I, I mean, I admire her massively. Um, and then um, another uh, couple of uh, photographers that I've worked with a lot um, are uh, Magli Delporte uh, in Paris. Uh, she's uh, fantastic at what she does um, and very versatile. Uh, portrait photographer sent her to uh, migrant camps many a time um, and she's she's she always delivers. Um, she's very talented. And then uh, more recently um, have done a lot of work with Holly Adams. Um who's been working with Getty um, a lot recently, but uh, she is just a genuine joy to work with. Um, And I think that makes such a difference, especially kind of working on the desk. Um, We've got a million and one things going on. Being able to just have a conversation with someone and it feel like you're actually having a discussion and almost talking to a friend, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. And then also I think in the difference in the results that you get uh, through the commission. Um, so, yeah, I'm a massive, massive fan of Polly's. Oh, that's great, Olivia. Thank you. I, ha- I have to mention one of my own early influences, who was Jane Bowen, who worked for The Observer for nigh on 60 years. And I, I remember I trained as a, a technical photographer. I-, I trained in scientific work as well. And I remember looking at her work, and it was like um, one of those light bulb moments because if you looked at her technique, she had this, at the time, I think she used this phrase herself, a Miss Marple technique, which she would turn up and basically just with very simple equipment, daylight, uh, one, maybe two cameras, and just just kind of merge into the background. So people very quickly forgot she was there. And um, I remember, you know, uh, being, being at, at an exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery of hers back in the, in the early 80s. And it, it just opened up the sort of possibilities and, and, and also the idea that you could um, almost remove that barrier sometimes that uh, equipment um, 
creates when you put something up against your face. It's almost like a barrier between yourself and your subject. But there were ways to mediate that and not to have an awful lot of gear, a lot of lights and all this other stuff that you could create these um, these amazing revelatory portraits with the very, very simple techniques and almost taking us back to the uh, original pioneers of photography, people like Julia Margaret Cameron, who were using very, very simple um, play cameras and, and natural lighting and, and still get these this kind of amazing work. And I wanted just to mention as well as an influence, um, Pitch Post. Pitch Post, I, I feel like I, sh I was born in the wrong era sometimes. I should have been born in the era of Picture Post because one of the things that did was open up ordinary women's lives through photographers like Grace Robertson, who interestingly had to have a male pseudonym. She had to call herself Dick Muir when the stuff was published because it, it was felt that um, it would might offend readers if, if it was you know necessarily a woman's name that was going on there. So in many ways, we have moved on. Thankfully, but Grace Robertson's work was a great deal of work, a great deal of um, uh, kind of exploration of ordinary working women's lives as well. And I think that was that was that was revelatory in its time, too. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you all is, is how you think things can change. What needs to be done to see changes within the industry? Tabitha, do you want to come in, come in on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um... I, I think we all need to come together and act. And that's everyone. That's women photographers. That's that's commissioning editors. Um, that's that's everyone that's involved in, in photography. Um, we need to come together and actually do this rather than keep talking about it or suggesting that things, that there is a problem and that things need to be changed. We need to change it. We need to actually do it, you know, and we need to do it because because as far as I like, you know, okay, let's just talk because most of this has been about news photographers and press photographers and, and women in photography in those areas. You think over again, back to statistics, sorry, but over 80% of the images we view in today's news and media are photographed by, uh, with a male gaze. And, and that is insane, really, because you think we look at, we look at those pictures Everybody looks at those pictures every day and we our habits change because of them or can change because of them, opinions, decisions. Um, you know, it, this could be when you, this could affect everything in our life as far as gender parity goes, if there was more images that were created by women photographers out there in in the media. Um, so, yes, I think it's hugely important that we all come together, that we all unite together and do this together and don't just talk about it because that's what, what seems to have been happening for a bit too long. Okay, would anyone else like to come in and comment on that, the changes that are needed? I mean, I think, yeah, that the it's the attitude, I think, towards it that um, needs to maybe just be slightly adjusted. Um, I think, you know, it's it's quite common that, you know, women can kind of be 
um, the most critical judges of each other. Um, and I think, you know, that needs to change where we just come together, like Tab was saying, and support each other. You know, it's already a hard environment. We don't need to be making it any worse. Um, so I think, you know, just, yeah, like coming together as a collective um, and supporting each other through any any means that is, if it's giving someone a shout out or if it's giving someone a contact number or a picture desk number or whatever it might be, just sharing resources so that it makes it more accessible um, for everyone so that, you know, as a kind of, as a group, it it becomes a lot more, a lot easier for everyone to access. Mm. Julie, would you like to talk about that? All I can do is agree with what both Olivia and Tabitha have said, really. Um, you know, it, it's a competitive industry. Um, but at the same time, you know, most of us are not really fighting against each other anyway. So the, 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 the people are very protective sometimes of what they know and, and, and for good reason. But that doesn't mean that stuff can't be shared and can't be helped and we we have to stop viewing everybody as a competitor because the bottom line is they're not the competitors are probably further up or the the, the papers or the agencies or whatever but the the actual photographers if we work together a bit better um it's i'm trying to think how to to put this again again you see it a lot with the, the the guys work together you see it quite com- quite often that you can see groups of guys and, and sharing, and you cover this exit, and I do this, but the women don't do that. Or we don't, you know, we 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 we, or because we're younger, or we've not been in the industry as long, and we're not part of those little, you know, okay, they are cliques. There are cliques within the industry that are that are male dominated, and unless I'm not saying we form our own, but but the, 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 but we are not working together in the same way as these guys. I've been doing for years, which were probably established by the newspapers. So it's it's probably the newspaper hierarchy just coming down, down, down through the years to the guys that have been doing it all the time. But we do need to share, and we do need to work together more. And also, I think not not enough um, women photographers are pushing themselves forward. I mean, that's not you included in that, Julie, because you do, you know, and you are you you are very proactive in in what you do. A lot of I find that a lot of people just feel upset that they're not getting the work but don't seem to be actually putting themselves forward whereas a a lot of the male photographers put themselves forward for everything they don't care they just don't care which which is I think the way that you have to be you know you 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 say that but the amount of newspapers I've been commissioned by is um it's a big round number Okay. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I'm commissioned by a couple of agencies, and one specifically all the time. But Mm. in terms of uh, of getting new commissions, it's it's. I've never broken into that. I think that's what's so hard, and that's what I was kind of really overwhelmed with when I did that call. I I thought I'd have maybe like twenty, thirty messages. I had thousands. (laughs) It took so long to go through, and. And it was it was just so lovely because it was like, oh, wow, like th- there are so many out there. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't know what the solution is apart from kind of going, making sure that everyone has the same contacts, every desk has the same contacts. Or if it's, I think it's, it's a 50-50 split um, of, of the effort of, of 
female photographers really pushing themselves um, forward for for the roles in the way that Tabitha was saying of being like, yeah, no, definitely I'll go for it, whatever. And then from the desks to be to review the the freelancers that they're using and think, wait, there's there's a massive imbalance here and that needs addressing. Um, one one of the things that that kind of strikes me looking back is is um, and it, this is entirely about gender is is to do with the the way that um, women left the business. So what tended to happen when I was working is that because um, the working practices were so firm, firmly skewed towards someone being available all the time, eventually what would happen is um, as soon as um, uh, a female photographer, a woman photographer had other sorts of responsibilities, either children or extended family, they would they would kind of fade out of the industry. Some, some would, you know, progressed to, to desk jobs. And what was open to me once my children came along was, was basically a desk, but I, I didn't really want to go on a desk. Um, and it seemed, it seemed to me that, that that's a problem that affects um, women working in a wider society, but it's, it's something that could be changed because to be perfectly honest, you don't need to be available all the time, 24 hours a day all that time. And really, if you've got a team of photographers, you need to be able to trust the abilities of all of those photographers to do all the jobs that come up. So really, there's no need for someone to be phoning you at four o'clock in the morning if you're not on shift. And that was something that changed profoundly from when I began in the 80s, when people worked shift patterns, there was a pool of staff photographers, and everybody had to be as good at at a basic level as everyone else and you did your shift and then you know you you went off and there was cover all the time but i, I suppose that that's a an issue that's possibly become even more entrenched by the fact that um that, that there aren't staff jobs there so you don't have people to call on immediately i mean i, I don't what i think that's changed because the agent because the, the the industry is more driven by agencies i think that is true because you know you, you look at what what people or agency photographers have to do and they are exactly that they all have to be good they all have although they do have specialisms they do move from you know look at what hannah's doing you know she's moving from sport to refugee crisis to this so so it is there but it's it's but you're you're probably right in in some in, in many ways so I think we're coming to the end of our discussion now. Thank you very much for joining us today on Photographers Talking. And a big thank you to Chris McNulty for hosting this special edition of International Women's Day. If you'd like to know more about our guests, that's Julie Edwards, Tabitha Farman and Olivia Harris, please look out for links to their websites and social media. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>